0: We sang a beautiful, wonderful song about how wonderful God is. And I'm gonna flip see if it opens up right to it. No, it didn't. What was that? Number four hundred and nineteen. Only in the um <clears throat> that first verse the third stanza down, it says, "Pleasures of earth, so seemingly sweet, fail at the last my longings to meet. Only in Thee my bliss is complete. Only, dear Lord, in Thee." That, that is a, it's a beautiful thought, and so many people on this day are, are turning, they're going to churches, they're remembering Jesus, they're thinking about Him coming into this world, and they're and they're celebrating that, and that, and and this is why. Because it's, it's only in him where our lives can be complete, our bliss can be full. It's only in Jesus, only in him can our lives be complete. So that is it's just a wonderful thought. And we, we could say that um, that's the reason Jesus came. Can we not? Didn't he come to, not to serve himself, but to serve us? He said, "I, the Son of Man didn't come to be served, but to serve, and to be a sacrifice for many. He's the one. He came to serve. And so, that was his purpose in coming. And how did he accomplish that? Why did Jesus come? So many people are thinking today about Jesus coming. and, And I want to challenge us to think about why did Jesus come? What did he come here to do? What did he expect to do, to accomplish? Why did he even show up here on planet earth? Why did he walk with men? Why did he leave the splendors of heaven? And come down here to walk humbly amongst us. And that is what we tackle today in Scripture, because I think when we see Jesus and and why he came, we'll also see the calling to which we've been called. Because we know that if we're going to be disciples of Jesus, that means we follow Jesus. That is just the thought of a disciple, somebody who follows, seeks to become like the teacher. So why did Jesus come? If we understand that, then we'll also understand what we must do. And so if you've ever wondered, why do I even exist, or what's my purpose in life, and you seek in Scripture an answer to that. The answer that you get isn't really um, something that as human beings is an exciting thing. To think about our lives in this flesh, what the answer is, at least in the passage we're going to consider today uh, from First Peter chapter 2, the answer, the answer is a little bit disturbing. And to be honest, I think this is part of the essence of all of of the call for Jesus when he says, come follow me. He wants to bring us out of normal everyday life. He wants to disturb our lives and bring us into a life that's right with God. And in this world, it is not always a pleasant, comfortable thing. It's a little bit disturbing. Jesus comes to disrupt our normal everyday lives if he hasn't disrupted your life, then maybe uh, uh, something's a little wrong. But maybe now that, and of course, I'm talking to Christians here, so maybe you've gotten to this this new life in Christ, and you serve Him well, and that that seems like normal. It's not a disruption. But there's this there's this thought that we got to constantly keep. Jesus keeps seeking Jesus and not coming, going and seeking our own ways, but seeking after Jesus. And it's very different from what we would naturally do or what we're inclined to do, what we want to do. It's not serving self, but following him. And so you think about Jesus coming to this world. He didn't come to serve himself. He came to serve us. He came to die for us. So if we're going to follow after him we've got a purpose then too. Just as he came to serve, we have a purpose. Also, it is to serve, not serving self, serving God and others. So, let's go to the text for today. 1 Peter chapter 2 verses 21 through 25. But in particular, just verse number 21, it says, For you have been called for this purpose. I'm reading from that New American Standard Bible translation, very literal to the, to the original that was written. You've been called. Christ calls us, doesn't he? He calls us to a purpose. He calls us to a new life. And it's going to be a reference to something preceding this. That's very important in the context we'll get to in a little bit. But you have been called for this purpose. Church, you have been called for a purpose. There is a reason that Christ has come into your lives. There's a reason Christ beckons us to Him and He draws all men to Himself. There is a reason. And He describes this reason. Since Christ also... Suffered for you, leaving you an example for you to follow in his steps. All right, we know how Christ suffered, right? This scripture says that Christ calls us for a purpose, too. He left us an example. He suffered to leave us an example. And it's not an example just to kind of look at and consider and think about for, you know, 10 minutes on a Sunday morning and then forget about the rest of the time. He calls us to look at his life as an example that we would follow in his steps. And Jesus did more than just suffer and die, but that was the crux of his life. And serving, was that's the reason he came, to serve. So what is my purpose? If Jesus' purpose was to suffer and to leave us an example, then my purpose is to follow that example. I've been called to suffer. Now, it's a big topic, an interesting topic. Um, and a little bit of this comes... To, I think anybody who's a student of the Scripture, and you've been studying some, and you, you'd look at first people, and, well, Eric, that's, this is really... It's, you know, this was written to a specific people at a specific time. And so, as you consider First Peter is there a particular group of people that this is talking to and once you figure out that is this uh, this indication for you in verse 21 chapter 2 is that a call for every Christian or is it a call just specifically for this group that was written to and we've got to we've got to question that and kind of seek that um, my I hope that by the time we get through this lesson today, and you've got the key verses on the outline there, I hope you'll say that, well, this was written to a very specific group of people and bunch of people, specific Christians, but I also hear the call to myself too. So what is my purpose? Why am I here? Why are we all here? I'll pose to you today that our purpose is to suffer. So the context, first of all, I'll go back to chapter 1, verse number 1. And it says, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who reside as aliens scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, who are chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father by the sanctifying work of the Spirit to obey Jesus. Peter is writing to some folks who have been scattered. Why are they scattered? Probably because of persecution. Because of persecution, they have been scattered. So that's one thing to consider. And as you read through this entire book, and many of you probably this past week, you have recently just finished reading this. And it is very much about suffering. I think this particular group of people that he writes to, they are very much suffering some persecution from some very specific folks, and they are not welcome in the places that they go to. So these Christians are alienated, they are scattered. And just that thought of being aliens, you know, you're in a place that you don't really belong. And that just in that sense, that's a little bit of suffering right there, isn't it? So that's the context of who he's written to. Look look down into chapter 2. In chapter 2, verse number 13, I think we get a glimpse of where a lot of the persecution is coming from. Verse 13 says, Submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether to a king as one in authority or to governors as sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and the praise of those who do right. For such is the will of God that by doing right you may silence the ignorance of foolish men. Act as free men, but do not use And do not use your freedom as a covering for evil, but use it as bond slaves of God. Honor all people. Love the brotherhood. Fear God. Honor the king. So you listen and you submit to those governing authorities. Every human institution, as it's worded here. And these are probably some of the the places where the persecution is coming from, perhaps. And Peter is telling them... Go ahead and honor them, submit to them, follow their ways. And he doesn't say it, but even if they're doing wrong and doing you wrong, because by submitting to them and doing right, you will silence them. You can overcome them. Okay, so that's, that's one passage as we continue then in verse number 18. It says, servants, be submissive to your masters with all respect. Not only to those who are good and gentle, but also to those who are unreasonable. For this finds favor if for the sake of conscience toward God a person bears up under sorrows when suffering unjustly. For what credit is there if when you sin and are harshly treated... You endure it with patience. But if when you do what is right and suffer for it, you patiently endure it. This finds favor with God. And so here is, a, here is a, an admonition to slaves, to household servants, who are under uh, a master, and they are told to submit to that authority. Be submissive and not only to those masters who are nice and kind and good but also to those who are unreasonable and if you do that if you suffer under an unreasonable master that gives glory to god it gives you credit before god you must you're they were the slaves were called to do what is right and suffer for it patiently enduring it, and that finds favor with God. Suffering, unjustly, can bring favor with God. The people who are mentioned above, who are just under the government, they were encouraged to to, uh, listen to those authorities. Doing good, and that will bring favor to God. They were told to honor the king. So, this idea of suffering... It seems like the people that he's writing to, they're very specific people that are called to suffer. And even submit to those who might not be gentle and reasonable. Okay. as That brings us to chapter 2, verse number 21. That brings us to our text. And he says for this purpose you have been called so I want you to know that the verse that is that is the key to our study today this idea of suffering it had mentioned suffering immediately before it the slaves submitting to their masters suffering under their masters even if they have done right it's the idea of submission and so when we think and and, and there's a little bit to this idea of suffering and submiss- being s- submissive and submitting to others. It is, that's the essence of suffering is taking ourselves out of the picture. Even when we think we have been treated unjustly or unfairly. And we think we've got a right to stick up for ourselves. The writer here is saying, sometimes you just need to suffer. It's not about elevating yourself. It's not about putting yourself first. It's about going ahead and, hey, there's somebody over you. It's about submitting to them, even when you don't like it. But you should just always do good, no matter what. Do good, do good, do good. Do good for the sake of Christ. Live for Jesus. So really, this the essence of this life is very much like Jesus. We are to live like Jesus. Jesus submitted to the authority that was over him, God the Father. And when he did so, he ended up submitting to other folks that he didn't necessarily find very pleasant. He ended up going to the cross. He he had, you know, Jesus just in this life, there wasn't anything about him that he was elevating himself, saying, look at me, you know, and... I'm so great, I'm so good. It wasn't like that. The essence of suffering is humbling yourself, taking yourself out of the picture, putting God first, putting others next. That is what Jesus did. And the result of that, if we truly do that well, is that we will suffer. We will suffer. Put God first, put others first. Oh, let, submit to authorities, even when they're being jerks. Submit, 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 but put gr- God first in your life. And that's always the key. Never, never submit to the authorities in any way that's going to make you defy God. Always submit to God. That is first and foremost. Okay? So, so let, let's read again this in verse number 21, and we'll read all the way through 25. And we're going to hear this idea of Jesus suffering because he put others first. For you have been called for this purpose, since Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example for you to follow in his steps. Who committed no sin? Talking about Jesus again who committed no sin, nor was any deceit found in his mouth. And while being reviled, he did not revile in return. But boy, gee, you know, wow, that's a... If somebody reviles you, you got a right to revile them back, right? If somebody says something against you, you got a right to defend yourself. Okay, Jesus didn't leave that example. And while being reviled, he did not revile in return. While suffering, he returned no threats but kept entrusting himself to him who judges righteously. We're going to stand before God, the righteous judge, someday. We are going to answer to him. So how we treat and how we respond to others in this life, this is how we're going to be judged on that final day. And God will judge right. So we've got to trust him. We can't seek to do the things that we want to do in this life. In everything we do, we have to be ready to give an account for it. We will be judged by what we have done in this life, whether good or bad. So I suggest we all start to follow Jesus a little more seriously. Verse 24, And he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross, So that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. For by his wounds you were healed. Now in that verse, it's a powerful, wonderful thing. Christ did something amazing for us. He served us in the most enormous way. He who had no sin, he bore our sins. So he had no sins on him, but he took our sins on him when he went to the cross. He suffered for the cross. Guys, please stop. Hand, Gage, hands off. So he bore our sins on the cross. The reason he suffered... The greatest suffering that he had, it wasn't that physical suffering in my opinion. It was the sin that comes upon him. It was the sin that belongs to you and me. And he went to the cross to bear the punishment that you and I deserve. I don't know about you, but my sins, for my sins I deserve an eternity's worth of hell. I deserve an eternity's worth of suffering, of pain and anguish. I deserve to be eternally separated from anything that is good. I deserve to be separated from God for all, all eternity. That's what I deserve. But Jesus took that punishment. Somehow he paid a debt so great. He suffered so greatly. He took an eternity's worth of punishment for me. And not only for my sins, but also for the sins of the whole world, for everyone here. You know, you think of all the punishment that we, just uh, just in this room, the punishment we deserve. Somehow Jesus suffered so greatly that he paid that debt. And this is one of those things like eternity itself. I can't wrap my mind around eternity. What Jesus, the suffering that he paid, we can't wrap our minds around it. We can't. We can't understand it. It was so great. Just like the love of God is beyond anything that we can really grasp, the debt that Jesus paid, the suffering he went through on that cross is something we cannot even begin to understand. So, We are called to suffer like Jesus. If Jesus suffered that much for me, should I not respond in some way that shows, hey God, I really appreciate it? You know, if Jesus suffered that much and he served so great by doing that for me on the cross, should I not say, hey, I'm willing to get a little uncomfortable in my life for the sake of you? Should we not be willing to leave all of the junk behind that, that has no glory in it? It is, it is against God. It, it pulls us away from God. Even some of the good stuff itself that God created in our, and when we treat it wrong and when we seek after it instead of seeking after the Creator, Then that junk has just, uh, it's just pulled us away from God. Being living in this society in which everyone is rich and we have so much stuff, we have to understand that God calls us and He tells us. Don't serve that junk. Suffer a little bit for my sake. That's what Jesus did. Why can't you put that junk behind and suffer a little for me? Put yourself last. Put God and others first. And I love this time of year when people think about Jesus coming. And they celebrate his birth. The angels celebrated his birth. The uh, You know, those those... Lowly shepherds, they were the first to receive that message. And they came and celebrated His birth and honored Christ. All men are called. And then the great men, the great wise men came later. and They celebrated that birth. It's a beautiful scene. You know, and I love that people think about that this time of year. But yet at the same time, it becomes... You know, just the stuff that we get. You know, and it becomes stuff, 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 and give, 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 but receive, receive, receive. And man, that's that stuff can, instead of being a blessing, can be a curse that pulls us away from God because we end up serving mammon instead of serving mammon as stuff, like money. You know, it's stuff. We serve mammon instead of serving Jesus himself. So Jesus calls us to suffer a little bit like he did. And his his suffering was so great that on that cross, verse 24, chapter 2, on that cross, he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might, hear this? That we might die to sin. And you can almost think of sin in this context. It's Sin is anything that you're serving yourself. You're not seeking suffering. You're not giving up anything for Christ. You're not doing anything difficult for Him, but you're just itself, self, self. We want comfortable. I just want to be comfortable. I want to be happy. I want to to have the same stuff that He has. And that's all. I want to have pleasures. I just want to have fun. I just want, 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 me, me, me. That's what it is. Jesus didn't come to serve self. He was, he was dead to sin. He never sinned. He died on that cross so that we might die to sin and live to righteousness to do what is right. Why did Jesus come? He came to suffer and die. So that I could also die, die to myself, die to sin, die to seeking pleasure and seeking things and seeking any kind of worldly thing. And then turn and live according to righteousness, to live according to the way of God, seeking after him in everything that I do. And that requires a little bit of suffering. So, you know, okay, I was talking to a... Peter, when he was writing this book, he was talking to a people that had been, they're aliens, scattered. They're probably suffering at the hands of their neighbors and even the government. They were told to submit to the authorities. They were told to submit to masters, even when they're being jerks. And, you know, this is, but, hey, it's its okay. As long as you do right, it doesn't matter what happens in this world. Live right. Do right by God. Even when everything else is going wrong, even when somebody else is doing harm to you, you do right to them. You bless and do not curse. You do what's right. For by his wounds you were healed. It's only in Christ that we can even live like this. He's the one who heals our wounds. He's the one who takes away our sins. Praise be to him. He's done so much for us. What are we going to do for him? So in verse 25, I'll read that one too then. He says, for you were continually straying like sheep. Yeah, we get that, don't we? You were continually straying like sheep, but now you have returned to the shepherd and guardian, the overseer of your souls. And so, folks, we, we, we love coming together on Sunday. It's a little bit like every Sunday. We're coming back to Him. We're thinking, all right, this week it's going to be even better than this last week because I failed some in this last week. I want to live for Him. I want to return, stay with my shepherd. The shepherd, you know what He does? He calls His sheep and they follow Him. I'm going to follow Him better this week. That's what I want to do. He came here to die for me. I'm, I want to live for Him. I want to live with him I want to live like him I want to follow in his steps verse chapter 3 verse 1 then goes right into it in the same way you got that chapter break sometimes we got to ignore those chapter breaks not let them make a mental break in our mind all right because we're still talking about submission In the same way, you wives, be submissive to your own husbands, so that if any of them are disobedient to the word, they may be won without a word by the behavior of their wives as they observe your chaste and respectful behavior. Submit. Suffer. Yeah. Sometimes husbands are dummies. (laughs) Hey, I didn't need an amen on that. Sometimes husbands are dummies. I'll get to the wives in a second, right? <laughs> Suffer with them. Suffer under them. so Be submissive to them. So sometimes the authorities, the, the worldly institutions, act like jerks. Submit to them. Suffer a little. For the sake of Christ, do what's right, no matter what they're doing. Slaves, sometimes your masters are idiots. They're jerks. Suffer under them a little bit. Submit. Honor Christ. Just do what's right. It's what this life is all about is doing what's right, even when it's difficult, even when we say, I don't want to say I don't deserve this. Do what's right. Chapter three, verse number seven You husbands, in the same way. Live with your wives in an understanding way. As with someone weaker, since she is a woman, and show her honor as a fellow heir of the grace of life, so that your prayers will not be hindered. And so, same is true, same as all of us. Sometimes wives are not easy to have this submission to. And it doesn't say submit, it live with them in an understanding way. You know, and sometimes it's not easy to be understanding, but suffer a little bit. Wives make mistakes too. Suffer a little bit, but still serve them and honor them. Notice the very next verse, verse number 8. To sum up. So Peter's been writing with a purpose here, and he says to sum up all of you. And on the, you'll notice on the outline it says all of you should Love. All right, so all of you should be harmonious, sympathetic, brotherly, kind hearted, and humble in spirit. So, love is is putting yourself, putting others above yourself, loving them like you love yourself, loving others like Jesus loves them. So, to sum up, you should love. Verse number nine. Not returning evil for evil or insult for insult, but giving a blessing instead. For you were called for the very purpose that you might inherit a blessing. So if somebody does evil to you, bless that person. If somebody insults you, bless that person. And we see all around us in the world these days, start thinking politically a little bit, start thinking about issues, think about what's going on. And people don't bless those who bless them. They, excuse me, I didn't even say that one right. They don't bless those who curse them. They don't bless those who do evil against them. They return evil for evil and curse for curse. But we are not like that because we are willing to suffer. We are willing to say, you know what, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to do what's right. I'm going to put God first. And that includes, since I'm putting God first, I'm going to put others above myself. I'm going to submit even to those who wrong me. And the idea of submit in that context, you know, it's, uh, it's just put them first. Put others first. love others. I don't have time to read all that. I'd encourage you to read chapter 3, verses 8 through 18, talking about suffering for the sake of Christ. Um, Verse 18 itself is huge. For Christ also died for our sins once for all, the just for the unjust. So that he might bring us to God, having been put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit. And he calls us to that. To be, he wants us to be made alive in the spirit. And we do that by showing this love towards others. This humility towards others. Even, even when others don't necessarily deserve it. That's how we suffer. And it's interesting to see that all throughout this little book and all through Scripture, you see that suffering does have a purpose. To live not for the flesh, but for the will of God. Suffering suffering helps us to focus on God. It's kind of the essence of what suffering is, is putting God first. When you put God first, you do suffer. You will suffer. what did Jesus say to his apostles,, they, "Hey, if they persecute me, they'll persecute you. You will suffer. Look at chapter four, verses one and two. "Therefore, since Christ has suffered in the flesh, arm yourselves also with the same purpose, Because he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin, so as to live the rest of the time in the flesh. No longer for the lust of men, but for the will of God. Living for Jesus. Living for God. That is what we're called to. That's our purpose. It's not to live for ourselves. Um, Chapter 1, verses 6 and 7. In this you greatly rejoice, even though now for a little while... If necessary, you have been distressed by various trials, so that the proof of your faith being more precious than gold, which is perishable, even though tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Suffering has a purpose. Difficulties in life, they bring us closer to God. They make us more like Jesus. If Jesus suffered, don't you think we should also suffer too? Chapter 2, verses 11 and 12. Beloved, I urge you as aliens and strangers to abstain from fleshly lust, which wage war against your souls. Keep your behavior excellent among the Gentiles, so that in the thing in which they do slander you as evildoers, they may, because of your good deeds, as they observe them, Glorify God in the day of visitation. Chapter 4, verses 12 through 19. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal among you, which comes upon you for your testing, as though some strange thing were happening to you. But to the degree that you share the sufferings of Christ, keep on rejoicing, so that at the revelation of his glory... You may rejoice with exaltation. Continue reading all the way uh, through the end of the chapter there. Suffering has its purpose. It does what it's supposed to. Suffering, you know, and that's the, uh, that's the funny thing about we look at how God has blessed us here in the United States of America. He gives us so much. He gives us riches. What do we have to want? We've got everything. And, you know, that that stuff, though, since we have so much, we don't just naturally suffer. We don't suffer famine. We don't suffer hardship. You know, the hardships we have, they're not real hardships, are they? And they, they just, those riches, they can just pull us away from life and the cares and worries of this life. They just kind of strangle us and keep us from growing to become one, what God wants us to be. But when we allow ourselves to suffer, that's when we can grow and blossom and bloom and actually bear fruit for the glory of Christ. That's the, that's the, the good soil that hears what we're to do and they actually do it. And we're able to do what God calls us to do when we actually suffer a little bit. Quit serving ourselves, suffer for the sake of Jesus. Jesus, I do have to turn and read this verse from Mark chapter 8. In Mark chapter 8, verses 32 through 34, it's an interesting passage that is, I think, the essence of what it means to follow after Christ. Christ. Peter was telling you know, Jesus, and he told, he told the disciples, hey, I'm going to suffer and die. Peter takes him aside and says, no way, I'm not going to let it happen. Verse 33, Mark chapter 8. But turning around and seeing his disciples, he rebuked Peter. Jesus rebuked Peter and said, get behind me, Satan, for you're not setting your mind on God's interest, but man's. So this is the essence of Satan. He's anything that God is. I'm going to do the exact opposite. That's what Peter, he wasn't interested in God's things at that moment. He was interested in man's way. He was interested in doing things the way he wanted. He wanted to serve himself. Verse 34, and he, Jesus, he summoned the crowd with his disciples and said to them, If anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me what is a cross what would they think of when you heard take up a cross it's an instrument of suffering and death so if you want to follow Jesus don't serve yourself and oh How difficult it is. So will you decide this week, I'm not going to serve myself. I'm going to quit living for comfort, living for pleasures, living to try and make myself look good, living in such a way that I can make all the money I can have so that I can have the junk I want living so that I can have all the time that I need to enjoy my little um, worldly pleasure, whatever it might be. I'm going to suffer a little bit for the sake of Jesus. I'm going to live Christ's way. I'm going to follow Him. I'm going to suffer a little bit for the glory of Christ. He suffered. I can suffer a little bit too. He went through a lot. He never stopped working while he was here. He never stopped working. Those are his words. He never stopped working. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do the same. I'm going to live for him with all my might. The essence of following Jesus is, is this. It's it's. Which are you going to be? And the first first one is the bad thing. i got a list of some things down here. Selfish versus selfless. Which will it be? Will you put your mind on the things of man, or will you put your mind on the things of God? Will you focus on the temporal, these things that don't last, or will you put your mind on the things that are eternal? Will you focus on them? Will you focus on things? Or will you give up things to live for God? Will you focus on comfort, pleasures, or you'll focus on Christ? Comfort or Christ? In the context of this lesson today, to be able to say that my purpose is to suffer, Then we gotta ask, am I I trying to seek comfort in my life, or am I seeking Christ in my life? That's the essence of the lesson today. Said if you want to follow Jesus, you want to be like him, it's not you're not gonna find comfort. Not in this physical sense. Not with things, not with pleasures. You got to you got to consider all the physical things, all the the things of the world, the things that we usually think of that we find pleasure in. We've got to then put them behind and seek Christ. Live for him. And it's not easy. And as I give the gospel invoca- invitation today for anybody who's out there who's not in Jesus Christ, you've never gone into the watery grave and died to yourself to be raised up with him, this is, it's, it's a little bit of a disturbing message. And that's exactly what Jesus wants to do. He wants to disturb us from our normal everyday life that is filled with comforts and pleasures and wonderful things and, and joys and blah, 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 blah. He wants us to dis- be disturbed from that. And he wants us to become selfless, focusing only on God and Jesus Christ. And that includes then loving our fellow man. And that doesn't leave much room for you. But are you willing to die, give up your life for the one who died for you? That's the question. He died to give you eternal life. He died suffering the pain the agony he suffered the the punishment that you deserve for your sins nobody else did that nobody else can do that nobody else has died for you nobody else can save you from eternity in hell except for jesus and he just says if if you want to come to the father just follow me it's not going to be easy you've got to die So if there's anybody here who wants to say, I think I do want that or I want to learn more about that, you're welcome to come. If there's anybody in the church who you need the prayers of the church to help you be strengthened, to be encouraged, to follow more closely with Christ, we need to pray for each other like this. We need to be willing to suffer. I, I praise all the ones in this congregation who are so very giving and loving and always putting others first, always thinking of any little thing they can do to help and encourage somebody, that's that's putting others first, that's it. That's suffering for Jesus. Let's keep putting ourselves last. Put others first. Live for Christ. Let's do that even better. If anybody needs to respond in any way today, please come as we stand and sing.